welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is episode 15. Here we are, episode 15. All right, as you know, I'm Jared Shaffit. I'm Marcus Brower. And we've got a guest this week. We've got a guest, Daniel Shepard. He is the, um, I guess, creator of PirateAnalysis.com. Um, so, Daniel, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. How's it going? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. We're, we're the pleasure's all ours. So we're uh, excited to have you. So, for those of you listening, and you've been listening for the last 16 weeks, because we took that one week off there for the coronavirus when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. Exactly. Then we just said, "All right, screw the coronavirus. We're going to do our own thing. We're just going to keep going." Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're going to have Daniel on today. He's going to join us for the whole podcast. So we're going to have three of us, kind of in a guest host. Uh, in a roll, so that way we can just keep it going and keep it rolling all through the podcast. So, um, Daniel, what what are your thoughts about where ECU is right now? Just right out the gate, ECU Athletics, how do you feel the ECU Athletics looks in the grand scheme of things? Um, I think it's, you know, kind of a tough spot financially. Obviously, we've, we've heard about all the different things, you know, with the coronavirus and, and bad, you know, budgeting throughout the years. But, um, you know, in football specifically, I think, you know, you're trying to turn a corner. And I think that's um, a lot of a lot of sports at ECU are trying to turn that corner back to prominence that they had, you know, you know, five, ten years ago or what have you. But um, I think it's an exciting time just because, um, you know, rebuilds are always kind of exciting. Um, you get to see young players and, and people make an impact. And uh, I think, you know, in the next year or two, uh, ECU will be back to being a force uh, like it used to be. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And we've talked about this kind of ad, ad nauseum on, on the podcast, talking about where we think ECU is going to be in the next two or three years. Um, but I kind of wanted to start off also by asking you, so pirateanalysis.com, kind of tell me where that idea came from and what, what you're doing with that. Okay. Um, I worked at the student newspaper uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, I've been at ECU. This will be my uh, second year starting as a student. And I've always wanted to do sports writing, um, but I didn't really want to stay with the paper just because, um, you know, I kind of had my own idea of what I wanted to do, content that I wanted to do. So I branched out. Uh, it'll be a month this week, actually, and started PirateAnalysis.com. Just as kind of my own thing, my own take on things and um, doing it my own way. But um, it's just you know, analytical articles, doing interviews with people, uh, game recaps, hopefully when games get going again, uh, just be an all around site for um, pirate sports is what, what my vision for it is. And, and you cover everything, ECU sports, football, basketball, baseball, the whole non-soccer. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. That, that's what's up. Yeah, that, that's kind of what we, I mean, we kind of had the similar idea of everybody covers, there's a lot of people covering ECU athletics. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to cover ECU athletics in a different way, right? So there's people that are covering them from the standpoint of, okay, this is what this is how I look at it. These are people that are covering them, but they're looking at it through the eyes of somebody that graduated 30 years ago, 25 years ago. And right. I mean, you're, you're a young guy. You're you're still a student. Me and Artie were both recent graduates, so we both graduated. And I graduated in 2017. Artie, you were 2018. 2018. So, I mean, 
we're, we're young grads, right? We're still, I mean, we can still get the ECU Pirate Club recent alum discount. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what we did. We wanted to start this podcast for people that are, that are in the same demographic as us, young ECU alumni. Um, if we have other people that listen, that's awesome. Just know that we're going to come at it from a di- different perspective. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing also, Daniel. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, think you can ever have too many different voices, you know, talking about the same thing or, or putting their own spin on it. So. And also, I don't, I, you know, I don't think ECU really gets enough attention or enough voices. They don't. You know, I, I feel like right. our podcast, and then you have a, a few other people out there that are, that are kind of broadcasting ECU sports. But to the extent of some of these other schools, they don't really – get the, uh, the notoriety or the attention that they deserve. So I think it's very good that we're doing this. So. Yeah, and I mean, the I as, as the, those of you that are listening know, I mean, I've already talked about, I've worked with people inside of the media around Greenville and worked in that. I mean, I used to work for tech as well. I used to work for the East Carolinian um, in a much different role than a writer, but I, I worked for them and I, I saw the things that were going on there. Um, so, I mean, all, all of it is kind of that same like-minded stuff um you you may have a little different take here and there but very rarely do you have something that's off the wall kind of like well maybe we're going to come with every once in a while because i know Artie, he's the one that's always off the wall and i'm the one that's straight and level-headed yeah Artie's the one that always goes on rants but um yeah well let's go ahead and uh get into some ecu talk um so I don't know if everybody saw this. I'm sure you did. It was kind of quiet. Usually these things are um, big, th- big things. I I remember like I was scrolling through Twitter and I, that's how I found out about it. Uh, ECU has added a non-conference opponent for the 2023 schedule. So we've added Gardner Webb. So everybody, guess what? We get to play Gardner Webb. So College game day coming to Greenville. There you go. There, there it is. Um, just kidding. So Gardner-Webb, that, that big-name opponent that everybody was looking for for the 2023 schedule. Um, Daniel, what's what's your take on this, man? Um, well, you know, it'll be the second time ever that East Hughes played them, right? So you know, being, last year being the first time. But, um, you know, John, John Gilbert said that, you know, they've had a hard time kind of filling that last vacancy for the 2023 schedule. And I think this was kind of a almost a last resort type thing. Um, to, to fill with Gardner-Webb there being an FCS opponent. But, um, you know, who knows where Gardner-Webb will be at in 2023 and what kind of challenge they'll provide. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, like I said, where they're at and uh, where ECU's at in 2023. And, you know, all things considered, our non-conference schedule in 2023 is pretty excellent. It, 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 it's a good one. Really looking at, at Michigan. Yep. All right, that's, that's probably going to be the biggest game in program history. And, I don't know that. That 2008 West Virginia game. Well, you go look going to the big house, being on national television, and people, people are going to watch. People that don't know about ECU are going to watch that game, just the same way that App State went up to Ann Arbor and watched that. You know, people watch that game. So I, I definitely think that's going to be the biggest game in program history. And then you've got the rivalry renewed Marshall. You know, we, we're going to play Marshall that year. Uh, got App State going to uh, Boone to play App State, which is <laughs> an in-state rivalry that should be bigger than what it is. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Um, so, you know, all things considered, our, our 2023 schedule, non-conference schedule, is pretty excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things that I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be one of those schedules where by that time we should be able to compete. Mm-hmm. And 
at least compete with Michigan. Um, I know when we scheduled that game, everybody thought, okay, this is going to be a pushover game for Michigan. Well, Mike Houston's really turning this team around and really building something great. No, you should absolutely be good. Yeah, that, that's not that's that's not going to be a gimme game. That is not at all going to be a gimme game. Um, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know Artie and I we've already said that we're gonna. I'll be there. We'll, we'll be there. And you know I'll be there. Personal reasons, but I'll, I'll be there. Artie, so Daniel, Artie is a Michigan man. This guy, this guy, like I don't I don't fully get it. He's from Chicago, but he's a Michigan man die, at heart. Die hard. Like. <laughs> Like, I see this guy rocking the maize and blue every once in a while. I'm like, God bless, dude. Like, take that shit off. But well, if he's from Chicago, I got to ask the question. Is he a White Sox or a Cubs fan? White Sox. I'm, I'm Southside, baby. I'm oh, Southside I'm sorry. That's not to say I don't root for the Cubs. They're still a Chicago-based team. But I am I've actually got my Cubs shirt on right here. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. For, the, for those of you watching the – the Boneyard podcast, uh, which that should be nobody because we don't have a video portion. Um, <laughs> Daniel just showed us his Chicago Cubs World Series championship that shirt. That is absolute respect. Daniel, did you, Daniel, did you watch uh, – I, I know this is kind of an older documentary. Did you watch the documentary about um, Steve Bartman? I did, yep. Yeah, I, I, I'd never seen it. And I watched it I watched it this past week, and it was on uh, – it was on, I think, this last weekend. So that that was, that was kind of cool seeing that. I haven't, I, I had never watched that documentary. It's a really cool kind of kind of cool take. Um, and then the other documentary, the one about uh, what was it, Chasing Summer, or whatever, the one with oh, no, the one this last this yeah. last weekend with Sosa yeah. and McGuire. That was that was that was good. I, I wish they would have done a little bit different with it, but um, oh well. But yeah, we'll, we won't hold the Cubs against you. I'm a Braves fan, so um, okay. we we got we got Chip Carey calling games down now here in here in Atlanta or in A Town. Um, I, I really don't. I don't know. He, he's all right. <laughs> we we won't get into uh, talking about commentators, but yeah. So I, I think I think the Gardner Webb going back to going back to ECU talk. I think the Gardner Webb deal is is a good one. Um. I wouldn't mind seeing them added to our schedule every so often, every once in a while going forward. Um, I, th- I think that's one of those good FCS opponents that you schedule in and you pencil in for your homecoming because, as we'll talk about later, I mean, conference realignment will be coming up eventually, and that's what power conferences do. You schedule these FCS opponents for your homecoming. That way you can still get a bunch of people to those games. And I'm, I'm also seeing way down the line in 2028, we're trying to schedule the Boise State game. I think that'd be very interesting too. I, I see NC State, Boise State, Wake Forest in 2028. Yep. So th- those are already set in stone. I mean, yeah. looking. I mean, you can look. I love looking at like schedules in the future, way in the future. I mean, 2026, you got Appalachian State at Boise State, and then West Virginia is supposed to come down into okay. the thick. I didn't even see Boise State in 2026. So yeah, I mean, we we've got these things that are scheduled out. We've got that. We talked about last a couple weeks ago. We've got a six-game series against Old Dominion, which is, I think, a genius signing um, from John Gilbert and the and the ECU football staff. I think that is an awesome um, series. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's one of those things that it's a regional, but it's one of those games where they can beat somebody, but and they're not a, just a pushover, so they're going to help your 
they're going to help your RPI. They're going to help all of that, um, yeah, your strength of schedule. Old Dominion is pretty consistent as a, as a football program. Yeah. They usually win six to seven, eight games per, per game. And then they, they beat uh, Virginia Tech a couple years ago, which we always love when people beat Virginia Tech, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so – and then, and then they turned right around the next week and lost to us. So that was great under under Scotty Montgomery. So um, that one one of Scotty Montgomery's nine wins. Um, yeah, that that's great. So Artie, last week we talked about Burley, Alec Burleson, um, switching things up. Alec Burleson, guys, we talked last week. He got drafted 70th overall. Um, it was a second round compensation pick by the Cardinals. Um, so Burley is signing with the Cardinals. He's going to join uh, Chris Holba and Evan Krasinski in that in that Cardinals organization. Um, he signed for seven hundred thousand dollars. Not a that's not chump change when when you're 20, 23 year old, twenty two year old. Not chump change, but you know, athlete. Some of those guys get a lot bigger contracts than that too. So. But consider, considering the climate that we're in, I'm sure he will be I, I, happy with that. I, I would not complain if somebody wanted to give me seven hundred thousand dollars. So. That, that kind of got me thinking, uh, Daniel, who who are you thinking will kind of be able to step up and say, okay, I'm taking Alex's role. I'm going to fill his – I'm going to try to fill those big shoes that he left here in Greenville. Who, who would you say Who would you say would be that person? You know, it would be kind of hard because, you know, he was a two-way guy. But um, I think at least on offense, you know, you've got Bryson Worrell. Yep. It was looking real good at the end of the 2020 season before it got canceled. Uh, Thomas Francisco will be a junior. Um, he'll probably be the everyday first baseman next year. But, you know, during the preseason and in the fall, you could see Burley and, you know, freshman Carson Wisenhunt, um, you know, they were hanging out together and, and, and talking and working out together. And Wisenhunt, you know, is a two-way guy, um, you know, pitch, and he can play first base. He's a lefty. So I think there's a lot of similarities between those two. Uh, obviously, it'll be, you know, another year or two before he fully blossoms into a college standout college player. But I think, you know, given the same profile as Burley, I think Carson Wisenhunt could be a cool guy to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, I see Whirl and, and Francisco really leading the offense next year. Yeah, I, I think those are some good names to, to follow up Burley with. Um, I think those are guys that, They've already made a, an impact in the ECU baseball um, unit, but I, th- I think they have some room to grow and really be that impact player because that's what Burley was. He, he kind of off the field, you could tell at times he he wasn't a loud and boisterous guy, but he was. Uh, I mean, on the field he was fiery. He made uh, he made it he made it happen. He was that go-to. He was that fire, that fire starter, that spark plug in the lineup. That he could, he could do it all. And I mean, that's going to be hard to replace. But I know with Cliff Godwin and the recruiting class that we brought in, yeah, we're going to lose. Um, what was that guy's name? Keon. Uh, his name slipped. Moreno. Moreno. Yeah, Moreno. Yeah, Keon Moreno. Um, losing him, I mean, he a big, a big pitcher coming in from Raleigh, but. He, he's gonna he's gonna go to your cubbies and and yeah. uh, I actually I reached out to him and he, he was like yeah I'm I'm forever a pirate even even if I didn't come so um and hopefully one of those guys that will be a long list of guys that maybe didn't make it here in Greenville didn't make it to Greenville but they'll uh they'll they'll be those guys that they make it big and we can say 
we can always say what if. <laughs> the, yeah, there's, Mike, a, there's a couple of ECU guys right now that are, you know, about to bust into the majors that were committed that didn't actually show up on campus, but they were committed. Mackenzie Gore. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the Padres' top prospect right now, so. Yeah, and I mean, with with, exp- with expanded rosters, I mean, this year, because they're going to, I think they're going to carry 26 um, in MLB. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, he's going to have a, he's going to have a real chance at, at making the team and making it straight out. I mean, that, that's going to be really great to see, um, especially because they're going to start talking about where you can't manipulate that service time. Um, I, I think you'll eventually see a bunch of these guys really come in and, and take hold a spot in rotations or a spot in the lineup um, that you usually wouldn't see come in as soon as, as soon as these guys do. I mean, Mackenzie Gore is only what, 20 years old, if that, um, I mean, he, he just graduated two years ago from uh, Whiteville High School um, down in Whiteville. So, I mean, that's I mean that, that's one of those things that – what if? I mean, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I think Mackenzie Gore is, is a great guy. I, I know he comes back and still works out at ECU and with some of those guys. Um, but I will say, Artie, I will say this. On MLB The Show this week, I went deep off of him twice. <laughs> So, uh, big lefty uh, coming at you with the heat, and then I just took that thing over the wall. But um, yeah. So that that that's uh, Burleson. I mean, I think I think that's a great fit for him. I've talked to Krasinski a little bit about it, and I know um, you you reached out to Evan Krasinski also. Um, he's talking about how he wants to really be kind of lend a wing and take take Burleson under his wing and really raise up some of these other pirates through the Cardinals organization, um, talking to, talking to Evan Krasinski. I mean, that was, that was good to see, good to see that there's still that, um, commitment to other guys coming from the program from some of these alumni. Um, did you get anything out? I know you talked to Evan a little bit. Did you get anything out of else out of that conversation with him? I think, you know, with all the, um, the uncertainty around the coronavirus and these guys not being able to work out, it's good for Burley to have, you know, somebody he can lean on to give him advice, you know, about what the minor league process is like. And a guy in Evan Krasinski that he, you know, had an interaction with his freshman fall and a guy that he, you know, knows personally and um, somebody he can, you know, just ask advice about, you know, what to do and, and where to go and, and who to talk to, to to get the best, you know, out of his minor league experience. I think that's important. And then you throw on top, you know, like I said, that the coronavirus, it's kind of, throwing a kink into everything and it's just making it that much more important to have friendly faces around, um, to lean on. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there, there's some, um, there, there's going to be some impact seen across, across sports from the pro level to high, high school and even college level. Um, I probably should have said those in the other order, <laughs> college level and then high school level. I mean, you're going to see these guys that are having to make, kind of those last second decisions on what they want to do. They want, do they want to go to college? Do they want to spend some time there? And then rather than um, try to go pro because they know that there's going to be more of a log jam now trying to go into the, into the pros over the next couple of years. So hopefully, hopefully what I'm hoping to see in college baseball and college sports in general, I'm hoping you'll start to see some guys that are staying and coming to the university and staying a little bit longer 
getting back to those old days where everybody was staying three or four years. I know you have to in baseball and football, but in basketball, maybe that'll also be an impact is you're going to start seeing these guys stay longer because there's not going to be as much money to spend on these guys, on these draft, on these draft picks. Um, Artie, would you have a take on that? No. So, um, yeah, then moving, moving along. Um, I, I think that we all know that, that Burleson had that huge impact. I think it, I think it's, um, enough to be said, but, um, I think next year really is that Omaha or bust. Um, so Daniel, does it happen next year? I think it could have happened this year if the season hadn't gone canceled. I mean, I agree. They were really getting hot there, but um, yeah, there there were minor, um, you know, minor people drafted uh, from ECU. You know, Burley being the, the the kind of centerpiece there, but you know, a lot of it's still intact. And you bring in the recruiting class, and you know, there's going to be a lot of talent on the roster next year. So um, I think they, you know, they get close. It, it, you know, once you get to the the postseason and deep deep into that, it, it's kind of a toss up. You know, who plays better? And baseball is kind of a kind of a sport like that. It's kind of random. You know, but um, I think yeah. next year we have a great shot at it. Yeah. So and and I was just listening to what you what you just said. Someone who's not like a real baseball guy, like like myself, is is it really Omaha or bust for for next season? I mean, are we, are we that close to? Really knocking on the door for you know, college, I, college World Series. I, I think so. With with the with the pitching staff that we have coming in next year, with Gavin Williams, uh, Smith, and then Cooch Maynard, those three guys holding it down mm-hmm. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those those are going to be your three weekend guys. And I mean, those guys. I mean, everybody expected Gavin Williams to go ahead of Burleson in the draft, and he didn't even get picked up. And he said that he wasn't going to sign undrafted because they had a max cap of $20,000 per signee for an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, that's uh, he, he knew that he was worth more than that. He's, he's going to come back to Greenville, and uh, he, he's going to make an impact with, with the Pirates again. And I think that as we go into next year, the, we've still got the bats. The, the boys can hit them, and they can hit them far. And now we've got the arms. Everybody's kind of ready. They're going to have a whole other year. They're not going to be putting in all that all that stress on their arms. They're not going to be eating into those heavy innings. I think next year is the chance that we see, okay, these guys are going to roll into Omaha, and they're going to make some noise. And, and I would say it's time, right? I mean, it's time for, for Pirate Nation to be able to rally behind a team that can actually legit, legitimately, you know, compete for a championship. You know what I mean? It's, it's been a long time since we've been able to rally behind a, a good program. Yeah, ECU. and I, I think last year we had that behind the ECU baseball team. And, Daniel, I know it was your first year covering them, but um, would, would you say the same thing that last – not this shortened season, but the year before when we went to the regionals and then went to the super regionals against Louisville, would you say that that's really like – we? I mean, the the fans rally behind that team like crazy i mean they come out in droves they do for for the even the wednesday night games the tuesday night games those midweek games the few baseball games i went to they were out there in numbers and i mean it is a blast but would would you ecu baseball is constantly ranked you know uh, high up there on attendance numbers um you know i think if they had ten thousand seats in that stadium they could probably fill them um 
pretty constantly. But yeah, um, people in Greenville, a lot of people I've talked to, they, they really seem to, to like their baseball and baseball definitely seems to be, you know, high on the priority list, DCU, a lot of invested in it. A lot of people right next, you know, right behind football. And that's saying something I think in Greenville that baseball is right behind football and in, in popularity. So, uh, yeah, I think there will always be fan support there uh, for EC baseball. Yeah, I mean, considering that North Carolina is a basketball state, the fact that baseball – I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but the fact that baseball either is, comes close or exceeds basketball is huge for ECU. I mean, it, it go, just goes to show no, – it, it absolutely exceeds basketball. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's – Especially on ECU's campus, it absolutely exceeds yeah. basketball. I mean, they, they're willing to spend this money. They're, they're sending the team out. They're not going to do it as much anymore with all the regional scheduling that's going to start happening. But, I mean, over the last couple of years, we played at UCLA. We played at Washington University. I feel like – I think we played at BYU one year. Like, these schools, we were making, like, those spring break trips. We were going way out there and playing and um, playing some big-name teams that, I mean, I think we were supposed to play Michigan one year or something like that, like, Go up there. They were supposed to come down here. I know they came down for the Keith Eclair Classic a couple years ago. But, um, yeah, that's – ECU baseball is kind of the pride and joy of ECU. That's always been that thing that even through coaching changes and even through the years when we could have had downturns, we didn't see that. Um, we had that one year, I think 2016, when you had a bunch of guys get hurt. I remember like two or three guys like Duane. Bonnier Williamson got hurt sliding into a second base at Campbell on the AstroTurf. Like, terrible. Like, that was supposed to be the year. The year before, we were, what, 90 feet from going to Omaha? And then, and then we don't make it. And then the next year, like, we have pretty much the same team, and everybody gets hurt. So, yeah, I think, I think the bad luck is finally, like, knock on wood. The bad luck is going to finally run out, and we're going to go to Omaha. And Like I've said, we're going to make some noise. Um, and I know we'll be there. Daniel, will you be there? Uh, I hope to. Yeah, I'd really, really <laughs> like to be there. I uh, get this. So when we were 90 feet from Omaha, like I was like looking up how long of a drive it was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm about to go. Like, I, I, I wasn't even talking to my – at that time, I was, like, 19 years old. I wasn't talking to my parents. wasn't talking to my girlfriend, now my wife. I was just saying, like, we've got to go. Um, so I, I was just going to go. I was, I was, I was going to do it all on my own. And then, like, we, we just we kind of filtered out, and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I had the hotel reservation, like, ready to go. All I needed to hit was book. <laughs> All I had to do was hit book, and I just was like, "You've got to be shitting me! Like, this is the, this is the worst possible thing that could happen." I, I put that up there with that UCF Hail Mary. Like, Ooh, yeah, that, <laughs> I don't even know why you brought that up, man. That's yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, have you seen all of these guys, y'all, from all these campuses getting? tested for the coronavirus, all these athletes. Mm-hmm. I saw, what was it, 23 from LSU 23 testing LSU, positive. I think 13 from Texas. Uh, some from Alabama. Some from USC that tested positive. I mean, Marshall, that Houston first test. had to shut down their camps. Yep. 
Yep. Marshall, I know, had nine guys at first test positive. Um, luckily, from everything that we've seen, nobody has tested positive at ECU's camp. Or they've just kept it in the house. Uh, well, you've got enough guys out there to see that if somebody's not there, for you, you would be able to tell that somebody's not there. Um, yeah. You've got another, another big wave of players coming in tomorrow. Uh, yep. Sounds like to campus, yep. so they'll be testing them tomorrow, probably tomorrow and Tuesday. So. I, I saw like Ryan Stubblefield's coming in. Um, I think Mason Garcia's coming in tomorrow. So a bunch of these guys are coming in for this second wave, and if if we can get them in and get them and like make sure that they're all healthy when they get here, that that's the thing. I, I was watching the PGA tournament earlier this week, and that's what they were talking about. They were like, we once we got in and we saw that everybody was like clean. They were like, all right, everybody's clean. We're gonna keep y'all all together. Like you're only gonna be with each other. You're not really going out and doing everything because all the meals are paid for. So they're like, we're not really worried about. Them. Um, so. I'm hoping that's going to be hopefully be the same thing at ECU will, will be that you don't have to be as worried about it because everybody's clean when they get here. But even but even I mean and that's great that nobody says a positive at ECU, but there's still a 12 game schedule that you have to that, that you have to go out and play and you can't guarantee that every other, you know, university, every other campus is doing the same thing that we're doing. So it's like how how are we going to progressively have a season all we can really control is 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 us right yeah and so how are we going to actually progressively have this this season social distance but we're playing football or we're playing basketball or we're doing whatever but we're going to social distance but we're still going to play these sports i just i i, I feel like there's going to have to be some sort of we're going to have to accept the fact that these things are here people are going to test positive yes we're trying to play in a bubble but i i, I just i just don't see a hundred percent accuracy rate. You know, if the season starts on time, I don't think every college football team is going to be ready as far as not having any players with, with coronavirus. So what you're saying is ECU national champions are paused. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're the next UCF. (laughs) Win some games to call call ourselves the national champions. I I just feel like there's a calculated risk you're going to have to accept. Oh yeah. if, If you're going to go ahead and have the season. And I, I think that we'll, we'll probably see that – I don't know about y'all. I've I've said from the get-go I think that we're going to have a season. I think it's going to start on time. Will we have fans? Probably not a full capacity, but I think oh, – no, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be any fans, to well, be honest with you. I, At this point, I don't, I don't think they're going to allow fans. Really? I don't, you don't, I don't see it. Just because of what's, what's happened in the, in, the, in the recent weeks. I mean, we're in June – we're just now getting guys back on campus, and now all these guys are getting coronavirus. Well, not at ECU. But, but, but it doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's the point. They, these guys still have to go out and play on the team. It's not ECU versus ECU. Yeah. So. I, I could see them. I could see them letting season ticket holders in. Um, yeah. You know, regular I, seats, regular uh, tickets are not on sale right now, but season tickets, you know, they've sold over 10,000 already. I think they could let them in. Um, and social distance them without too much problems. So yeah, you should be able to. I mean, usually you fit fifty to fifty-five thousand in there. You can definitely fit ten thousand even on the first level and and still social distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, those ten thousand will be loud as shit. I I guarantee you. Those. And I, I think that's great. But if I'm being honest, I don't think you're really preventing anything. 
<laughs> if you're going to go ahead and let 10,000 people in the stands, you're not really preventing the spread of coronavirus. That's all I'm saying. I, I think that by that time, we will either have a vaccine, which, to be honest, I'm probably not taking the first vaccine. Uh, I don't know if I trust it. Russia or China or Bill Gates, whoever's making it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to trust that um, with, with all the other things going on in the world. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think by then we'll be closer to having a vaccine. I think we'll have i'm hoping to have one or i'm hoping we'll have one by september october i don't i don't really know i don't i don't i'm not a scientist yeah. daniel do you know i'm not a scientist yeah yeah, I'm not a, yeah none of us here are scientists but just you would think they would have to be able to get one by then i mean put put somebody in there from uh ecu med, med sciences and things like that and we'll I'm sure we'll have a cure for this thing in, in the next couple of months. Put somebody in there from NC State Biology or whatever, and we we might all just die. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Daniel, you think I, – I saw that – I mean, we're probably going to see that season ticket holders are going to be there um, at, at the least. Um, what What do you think that atmosphere will be like if – that's just the case if it's just the season ticket holders. I think it's going to be strange just because, you know, the, these conditions are are kind of unprecedented for everybody. But like you said, you know, I think those 10,000 are going to be as loud as possible. And, and um, you know, who knows if, if they're going to let people from other, you know, the, the opposing team, their fans come in or how that's going to look. But, um, yeah, if, if those 10,000 are dispersed around the stadium, I think, uh, you know, it, it'll be as loud as they can possibly get. And that, uh, that leads into another question. Do you let the band in? What? Uh, how does that work? Right. Do you just station them? Do you, do you, the band can't really social distance if they're going to be the band. They're well, gonna perform, right? you, yeah. you social distance them across the boneyard. But even in their performances. I mean, you, you don't have mid – you don't have – halftime performances at that point. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, you gotta, you gotta, they're all students, right? So yeah. they're, they're you know, going to be living in the same dorm room or within, you know, the same vicinity of each other that way. So it makes sense to not social distance them, you know, in the dorm room or in class or something like that, but to do it at a football game. So that, that yeah. doesn't make much sense to me, but I don't know what their plans are going to be. I mean, what you could do instead of having them do the formations on the field, just line them up on each of the five yard lines. <laughs> so you have five, ten, fifteen, and then. And, and to be completely honest, a lot of a lot of states, you know, state governments and, and the federal government might just say screw it <laughs> and just and just open back up. I mean, we're seeing a bunch of states opening back up anyway, and it's June. So by September, October, you know, who knows where we're going to be. I I think at the start of the season, I I don't see a full a full stadium. But I think by October, mid-October, that weekend game that uh, I think we play, what, UCF on a Thursday night in October, by that time, that that game might have 55,000 people in it, that UCF-ECU game. Don't hold me to that. I'm not Governor Cooper. I'm not the person calling that. But that would not surprise me in the slightest if we have a full stadium in October, but we'll just have to see. I think I think Governor Cooper is supposed to 
announce this week uh, some whether we're going to move forward, whether we're going to take a step back, whether we're just going to take like a half step forward, half step back. Um, so I'll be interested to see what, what he says. I mean, NCAA has put together that six-week workout plan to get teams ready for the season. And I, I think that we'll be ready to go. And I, I think things look up. Um, maybe that's just the optimist in me, but I, I think we'll have some people there. Um, and, I, and I hope we'll be there uh, either as fans or uh, as media already. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's the hopes for us. Um, so yeah, uh, let me pull up my notes here. I know we were going to talk about, uh, recruiting news, Daniel, there's not much going on. (laughs) We've seen a lot. We've made a lot of noise in the last few weeks. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's expected that we slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, all these all these guys that are putting us in their top ten, and you can't help but get excited. I know we lost uh, lost out to Illinois on on one recruit. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know we lost out to him, them on, uh, I think he was a wide receiver um, out of Florida. So, yeah, I mean, we've got some guys. I know Stephen Igo wrote an article uh, this past week about a JUCO wide receiver. Um that has actually worked with Alex Gwynn, the one of our backup quarterbacks. Um, so he was excited about that. Um, I'm trying to pull the guy's name up. Um, Daniel, what's your take on, on the recruiting that we've seen so far for the 2021 class? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by it. You know, I think just for ECU to be in the, the discussion for a lot of those guys, top five, top tens, like you mentioned, you know, says a lot for, Houston and his staff on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, I know that the 2020 class is really strong. Uh, all these transfers that they've brought in from these these Power Five schools, I'll be re- really interested to see how they fill holes and, and how they contribute uh, this year. Yeah, I, I think that they'll be able to make an impact uh, fairly quickly as long as they're all healthy, or as long as they're healthy. Um, um, I think a bunch of them are on campus, those transfer guys. I think they're already on campus, which is great. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really see any of the, these guys. Uh, it's, it's been a slow time for re- recruiting for ECU on the high school level, and that's to be expected. It's kind of been a slow time. Some schools are um, really making an impact right now. I, I saw those puppies in Raleigh. They've got like four or five recruits just in this last week. Mm-hmm. They all looked like they were kind of beat cakes and just walking around, not really doing anything. Um, but they, they didn't look like a strong recruiting class, but they've got a lot of commitments coming in. But I think the new transfer rules will will really have an impact on, on that. I think people are going to start – they're going to start committing, but they're not going to actually – either make it or um, they're not they're not going to fully commit. I see a lot of guys saying, "Oh, I'm committed, but my recruitment's still open because I want to take all I want to take my visits." So, that I mean that's something that we're seeing across, across the board. I know um, I think it was Javante Sherman uh, said that the same thing an ECU commit um, out of Aldosta, Georgia. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what we're seeing. No, no, real quick, the graduate transfers that we've picked up, 
do you have one in mind that, that you see is going to make, or who would you think that's going to make the biggest impact from the graduate transfer positions that, that we've gotten so far? And, and this is this is a question for the, for the both of you. Daniel, I'll let, I'll, let you, uh, I'll let you handle that one first. Okay. Um, I think uh, Chase Hayden, the running back, um, has a good shot uh, to, to earn the starting role, um, you know, out of camp or out of the preseason. But uh, you got, you know, Avery Jones is the um, offensive uh, lineman out of North Carolina. Like ECU is, you know, going to be a little bit more um, weak at offensive line than they expected to be going into this offseason. So I think it'll be good to get him and um, Justin Chase. Uh, he's from um, NC State. So get them two guys in there. Um, they'll probably see significant reps along the offensive line. But them two and, and, and Chase Hayden at the running back position, I think, piqued my interest the most. Yeah, um, I, I'm really interested to see that Chase Hayden come in and really make an impact. I think he's going to have a great um, impact on that backfield, the um, running back room. I think uh, that's going to be cool to see, see him kind of take over. Um, and then really just kind of thinking about it, I mean – I think that Justin Chase, I think that he's going to add some uh, some grit to that line. I mean, I think that he you've got to think that he, he's going to really come in and make an impact. And he knows he knows what ECU is about. He's played him. Uh, he's played him, what, twice now in his career, three times in his career, I think. So, I mean, he knows what ECU is about. He's seen us before. Now he, he's got to see us play um, under Coach Houston, even though that was – not a fun game for an ECU fan, but he got to see, okay, this is the mentality that they bring to the game. They're a tough, hard-nosed team, even when they're down. So um, that, that's what Coach Houston brings, and he knows that coming in, and I think that's good to see somebody commit that we've played before because they see, okay, there's some, there's some happenings here that, that I can go to. Artie, what would you say? I like, I like the Chase pick. Um, I think he's going to be excellent for us. Um, Nigel not though. That's probably mm. the one I'm the most interested in. Uh, just because, you know, we just had a starting corner and, and Colby Gore graduate. Um, Daniel Charles, he entered the transfer portal. was one, one of our starting safeties from, from, from last season. Um, and so he's going he's, he's gonna to have a real good opportunity to go in and compete. Now, we do have uh, Jaquan McMillan who was a freshman All-American last year. Very, very excited about That him. guy is a stud. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> stud. Yep. Um, so he's going to, you know, he, he's going to have some stiff competition, but I'm very interested to see Nigel not go in and see if he can compete for a starting role opposite of, of Jaquan. Um, and, 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 you know, and I, I've been preaching this for weeks. Our defense needs a win, you know. Offensively, I think we're going to be fine. I really don't think we're going to Our gonna offense is going to put up some gaudy numbers. Our going to put up. Yeah, just just gaudy numbers. Um, but defensively, we need a win, and, and we need guys that are that are that are you know head buses, <laughs> as one of my old coaches would, would would say. So I'm very interested to see Nigel not see if he's gonna transition into our defense well. Yeah, and an, another guy that I mean, looking at it, I think Ryan Jones uh, coming in, the last guy I know he was a linebacker at OU, but seeing that, I mean. When Mike Houston came into EC, we only had, I think, what one tight end on the on the roster. Now we've got so many. This guy was, I mean, he was recruited out of high school as a tight end. He's got the size, he's got the build, um, and I, I mean, I think he's got 
the ability to really make some noise coming out from the tight end position. He'll be able to block. He knows how to block some of those linebackers. Now that he's been a linebacker, mm-hmm. he'll be able to step up there and add some protection to Holton Ayler so he can uh, so he can get in and make those fit, those passes downfield. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that's really exciting to see um, those guys, and that actually that kind of covers one of the questions we had from Emma, um, one of our Twitter questions. So we, we kind of jumped the gun on Twitter questions, but Emma, there, there's the answer. Um, we, those are the guys that we think are going to have the greatest impact um, this year, and a lot of those guys have have either a lot of those guys have two years of eligibility left, and they're immediately eligible. So that I mean that's that's the thing that like excites me the most. These guys are eligible right now. Right now yep. They can pl- they're gonna right they're gonna come in and a lot of them are gonna play that first game against Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. That's what I'm excited about. I don't know, Artie. Did you see that Coach Blake Harrell liked our tweet when we said, uh, "Hey, do that thing or do the thing." Uh, so one of those safeties. I did not see that he liked. <laughs> one of the. So, friend of the podcast, former guest, Blake Harrell, Absolutely. defensive coordinator for ECU. Yeah, cool <laughs> he, uh, so I, I, we tweeted at him saying, hey, do the thing, because one of the top safeties in the country from LSU has immediate eligi- eligibility, has entered the transfer portal. I said, do the thing. Do the thing. Let's bring him here. Absolutely. Just trade out the purple and gold for some more purple and gold, baby. Here we go. Bring it to Greenville. Call us DBU, baby. DBU. Why not? I mean, they've they've had success elsewhere, bringing in these top, uh, these top transfers. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and try it again. I mean, try it. I mean, you've got guys coming in from Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma. These guys have played each other. I mean, you got the Carolina, the NC State. These guys have played each other. They already know each other. Mm-hmm. They've played against each other several times. Now they're all coming into ECU, and guess what? They're boys. They they know how to rock because they've been rocking in the SEC and the ACC. Well, the ACC doesn't really rock other than Clemson, but that's <laughs> that's another thing. We won't even talk about the ACC. It used to be good. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, when when you have uh, Syracuse taking Clemson to the to the brink, and actually, didn't they did they beat Clemson? Well, to to Syracuse's credit, they've got a good head coach. I forget his name, but they they, they, got, a, <laughs> they got a good head coach, but nobody knows him. head coach. They, they they do. He is he's pretty good up there. But yeah, they, the ACC is kind of fun. Yeah, the ACC, Daniel. This is a ACC hate podcast. Other than our, <laughs> I don't hate the ACC. Nah, fuck the ACC. ACC. We live in Greensboro, Jared. This is literally the birthplace of the ACC. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Does, do you think Do you think I care anything about the ACC? I was a freaking ball boy when I was in elementary school for Wake Forest. Does does that mean anything? No, it doesn't mean jack squat. You're just ball boy. Well, yeah, I, I was part of the Junior Demon Deacons. I mean, I was I was hey tie dye nation baby. But guess what? No more, no more. Uh, what what was that guy Riley Riley uh quarterback for Wake Forest that they had? Skinner was Riley Skinner. Yeah, I mean. Great quarterback, Jim Grobe. Um, I, I have a – Daniel, get this. I, maybe I'll ha- be able to find it for y'all. Maybe if I can go back in my in my pictures and find it. I have a picture of me and Jim Grobe when I was like – I was like 12. Outside uh, – Wake Forest had had like a game the next day or something. 
And so they what they were doing, they were having like a team bonding event. They went to they went to the uh, movie theater, and I was I was at the movies coming out, and here comes this Wake Forest bus. The whole team, everybody, get off the bus. You got a hundred guys, Jim Grove, Riley Skinner, like all this. These this is the year they went to the Orange Bowl, and I was like, oh shit, like there's the Wake Forest football team. And I, I'm like, yo, 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 yo. And I, I got a picture with, there's a picture of me and Jim Grobe standing outside of, uh, outside of the, um, movie theater in Winston-Salem. Is he still coaching? Yeah, he is. He, uh, I think so. Wasn't, didn't he go to Baylor for a little bit? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where he's Daniel, uh, do you know anything about Jim Grobe? I, I'm doing I some quick research. <laughs> let's see. Jim Grobe is currently, let's see what he's doing now. Um, is American football coach. He is. I don't. I don't know where he is. He was recently the head coach at Baylor. Is he not San Antonio the, defensive coordinator? San Antonio. What the fuck is a San Antonio Commander? University of Texas at San Antonio. No, no, I don't think so. No? Okay. Uh, that that's probably one of the that's probably like an XFL team or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um. That that's what Jim Grubb's been doing. I mean, he he spent some time at Wake Forest and then he resigned and then got hired at Baylor a couple years later. And then I think they didn't really do that great. And then and now he's out of work. Well, shout out Jim Grubb. We got a two minute, you know. Yeah. Shout out on the Boneyard podcast. Jim Grubb. Names that you wouldn't think you would hear on the Boneyard podcast, but guess what? You heard them here this week on on the on this episode. Um. So yeah, that. I think we're I think we're doing good on on commitments. I think we'll we'll see some more guys and but I wouldn't be surprised. Don't get too excited about this recruiting class because like I said, these guys with the coronavirus they may not be fully committed. It's not until they sign that it's time to get excited about the about this class. Would you say the same thing already? Would you say that that's how you feel about the recruiting class? What's that? That you're not going to really be excited until these guys actually sign and start coming to oh, campus. Yeah, yeah. Until they step on on campus as pirates, that's when I'll. That's when the excitement will really. Because these guys, they can switch up at any point in time. That, that's the thing about committing, and I I can go on a rant about, oh here's my top twenty seven schools. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, we don't care. Just give us your top five. You know, you commit the one off of one good night that you had talking yeah. to a coach yeah. or something like that, and then you realize, you, you, oh, I don't really want to go here. I want to go somewhere else. You find out the coach likes uh, your mom's green beans, and then you're like, hey, coach, I'm coming to you because you like the same green beans that I like. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that that's what it is. I mean, yeah, once once these guys sign on the dotted line and they actually show up and they're, they're purple and gold, that's when, that's when the excitement will happen. Yeah, like in past years, you can see like, what I like to see is when a recruiting class can start – meshing together they started uh, they all start a group chat they all start reaching out to each other when you see that recruiting class get together and become tight before even really meeting each other before they come to greenville mm-hmm. that's when you get excited that's when it's like okay these guys are these guys are close these guys are ready to rock when they get here and they're going to make an impact right away yep. we've seen that over the last couple of years but um i haven't really seen it this year yet um, so let's, uh, y'all want, y'all want to do some Twitter questions? Let's do it. Let's get to it. 
So, like I said, we already had the one that already talked about earlier. I didn't even know that Emma had asked that question on, on Twitter. That, Come I on, man. Just thinking about that. Yeah, shout, shout out to you, Emma, for asking shout the question. So, that just shows great minds think alike, uh, Emma, because you thought the same question that Artie thought, and he had it come off the top of his head. Um, <laughs> so, Petey asks, okay, our boy Petey, he goes, FMK, fuck, Mary kill, all right? The rivalry edition, NC State, Carolina, or Marshall? And some can say that, I mean, Marshall's a rival, but, like, there's some others that I would also consider, like your UCF, old-time Southern Miss. I mean, that that's another big rivalry. Um, but those were the three he mentioned. NC State, UNC, and Marshall. I guess Marshall's just kind of the topical choice with us playing them week, week zero. Um, fuck, Mary kill. All right, Daniel. Uh, you want to go first? You want to take a crack at it first, or...? Uh, yeah. Um, how are you, how are you wanting to do this again? (laughs) Yeah. So I, when I read the question, I thought, okay, this means which, so if you kill it, this is the rivalry that like you, that you care least about, about. like, this is the rivalry that you're just like, all right, screw that rivalry. Like, yeah. And then Mary is. I don't know, because, yeah, fuck would be the one you like beating the most, and then Mary is the one that, like, it it brings joy or whatever to it. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Damn it, Petey. <laughs> I'd probably um, kill, I guess, Marshall, right, in my mind. Yeah. Um, FNC State. And then Mary, North Carolina. Okay, okay, I I could see that. Artie, I'm 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 with him on the FNC State because I love being NC State. Um, I'm probably gonna marry Marshall just because I think that's a gentleman's rivalry, and I and I appreciate every time we play Marshall. And I'm gonna kill Carolina because I just I have no respect for Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while also being a Michigan man, Artie is also a Duke fan, like a Duke diehard. We don't hold it against him, but that Duke's his Duke's his basketball team. JJ Redick and some of those other guys. Kyrie. 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 The Plumleys. Plumley, oh my god, all three of them. Amazing. Love the Plumley brothers. Hey, hey, Chris Paul all day. CP three. Tim Duncan. <laughs> um all right so for me geez um all right so i'm gonna i'm actually going to i'm actually just i'm gonna kill the marshall one okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill marshall um i'm gonna Oh, this is tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to... Marry... I'm actually going to marry NC State. Wow. On this. Because I just love... 
the joy, like I could take the joy all the time of talking shit to NC State, and I I hate those. So that, that's that's the rivalry you want to, to last the longest. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I'm gonna say, "Fuck Chapel Hill." Um, so yeah, and I, I, guys, I'm married to to a UNC alum, so um, yeah, yeah, she uh, she loves. We we won't hold we don't hold that against her in my family, um, that UNC thing. But um, yeah, I got I I gotta say I can't I can't marry the UNC thing, but. Cause I've already done that once, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll marry the state rivalry. Cause I just, I, I can keep screwing state if I marry them. <laughs> All right. Um, next question comes from, uh, my good friend and Artie's good friend, Brandon Avery. Shout out, Brandon. What up, Brandon? Yeah. I thought about it, uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, having Brandon on Brandon, is a funny guy. He actually he came down and saw me a couple weeks ago. I saw that on his Twitter. He drove like three hours. He, he drove three hours out of his way. Shout out to Brandon Avery for uh, coming three hours out of his way. He was in Raleigh uh, looking for an apartment. He's going to law school, so congrats, Brandon. Yeah, he's going to Campbell. He was looking for an apartment in Raleigh, and he was like, "Hey, man, what you doing for dinner? Or what you doing?" And I was like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything. My wife was still at the beach." So I said, "Come on down." We'll go to the bar. We went to the bar across the street from my apartment. And we went to Joymongers, and then uh, we went over to uh, we went down and got some wings from East Coast and nice. called it a day. So I'm um, basically the question goes with conference realignment coming in the next couple years. So I'm thinking 2024, 2025. That's when the next big conference realignment is going to happen. Where do you want to see ECU land? So. We've talked about conference realignment before. It's been a big topic of discussion over the past three or four years, talking about where are we gonna where are we gonna go since we joined the AC the American Athletic Conference, not the ACC. Those chump asses. But um, where 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 would you like us to go, Daniel? If you had to pick one conference to go to, where would you like to see us go? Um, I don't know. I'd have to to say i'd like to see ecu stay in the aac and um, that that that's a that's a good answer yeah i think it's you know a legit p6 school right now um there's a lot of good teams at the top and i think you know by the time conference realignment comes around i think ecu will be at the top of the aac and um you know i, I don't see that much a, a much better conference for ecu uh, other than the aac uh, right now plot twist ecu uh playing the long game when, when they decided to hire Scotty Montgomery, knowing that at that time the Big 12 wasn't actually going to expand like they said they were. And they knew that conference realignment was coming up in 2025, and they knew that they could make a make a splash then. Yeah. Um, but I agree with Daniel. I'd like to see us stay in the American. I think that's a – I mean, you think about it. We've got a lot of the big TV markets. you got Houston – you got Orlando, you've got Philadelphia, you've got that Baltimore, Maryland with Navy. I mean, and the Navy is like nationwide, worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've got all of those. I mean, you you got New Orleans, which I mean, that's an okay TV market. Um, and then you got some others like your Tulsa, 
Memphis is a pretty big one, but it's not like your Houston or Temple. So I'd like to see us stay in the American Conference. And I think with this last TV deal that we signed, this um, I think it's like eight million per school that we get for the TV deal. I think that is uh, I think that I think that's really cool to see because um, no other G five. Once again, if you if you're watching the podcast. I use air quotes around the G5 because I don't believe that's the right term. It's, we are a P6, power six, baby. Put it on there. Um, uh, I think that's that's what we are. Uh, and I, I got to say, like, I don't – I mean, this, those schools, like the Pac-12, the ACC, like, they don't – they have the money, but they don't have the actual ability that I think that is in all of the – in all of the leagues in, in the American. I mean, I think that the talent in the American is on par, if not ahead of the Pac-12 and the ACC, at least in football, other than Clemson and maybe USC. And then, I mean, USC is good, what, once every five years? That's kind of the thing in the Pac-12. You have a team out come out of nowhere every five years, and they, they make noise. You had Washington, Washington State, USC, Stanford every once in a while. So that I mean that that's what I'm thinking. Um, stay in the American and then and rock it till the till the end of time. Yeah, I mean I I, I concur with the both of you. I don't I don't really have too much more to add. I think the American is actually perfect for, for East Carolina University. I think we're in the perfect conference for us right now. Um, I don't think the ACC can offer us anything that we can't get in the American. I don't think you know the Big Twelve can offer us anything that we can't get uh, in the American. The SEC is just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I, and when you look at the schools, UCF, Houston, you look at what SU was able to do last year, turn their program Cincinnati. Around. Cincinnati, Memphis. I mean, these these are legitimate football schools that crank out 9, 10, 11 win seasons every other year. So, you know, if ECU can get good enough to compete in this conference, then there's, there's no doubt in my mind that we can make it to a New Year's Six ball game while being in the American. Not, not to mention that, I mean, the American Athletic Conference is a probably a top three conference in baseball, and I would say is a top four conference in basketball. Um, that that's just being completely honest. You got every year in basketball, you got Houston, you've got Cincinnati, you got Memphis, you got Temple every once in a while. Um, you got these schools that are always going to be good in basketball. Wichita, Wichita State, Wichita State. No, yeah, I mean. You, you, I mean, we're being honest. Our basketball team can't really compete with the teams in the American right now. Not yet. Honest, not yet. Not yet. And that, that goes back to a question we had uh, a couple weeks ago when we were asked, okay, um, would we rather see us go – or we asked it. Would you rather us go to um, Omaha or to the college football um, New York Six yeah. game? Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. Like some people were talking about, hey – what about the NCAA tournament? I think that's I think that's in the next five years, but I don't think it I don't think it's right now. No, it's it's, it's not it's not where baseball and football is in my in my opinion. I mean basketball, like you know, like like we said, it's not a rebuild. It is. It, it, it's not. It, it can't be a rebuild if it was yeah, never it was built. Never built. Exactly. <laughs> we, building a we've been building this thing since the mid '90s, and still nothing to show for it other than a CIT championship. Shout out to uh, Keem Richmond and. Absolutely. Friend of, the, friend, of the podcast. friend of the podcast, former guest. Um, so yeah, that that's. I mean, I, I think if we had to pick one conference, if I had to pick one conference other than the American, 
and y'all can give yours too. I would personally like to probably see us go to the Big 12. I, I don't want to see us in the ACC. Um, I think we should play those teams, those Big Four teams. I think we should all play each other um, every year, but or every other year. Like I, I think that would I think that would be good for all programs involved. But I, I think going to the Big 12 is where we're going to see the best competition and be able to fit in with everybody there. I, I just think based off regionally, if, if we were to move to one of those conferences, I think the ACC is probably regionally the best conference that well, we can move to. Um, the ACC has already voted against us three or four times. Yeah, and, 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 I, know, and I don't, I don't want to go to the ACC, but I also don't see us in the Big Fuck 12. State. I, don't, I don't ever see us joining the Big 12. I just don't see it. Um, I could be wrong. Big Ten? Um, <laughs> big, <laughs> I don't want to pull Maryland because I don't think Maryland belongs in the Big Ten, to be honest with you. Rutgers? Uh, yeah, or Rutgers. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, if I had to pick a, a conference, I, it'd probably be the ACC. Um, I mean, SEC, like I said, that's just not going to happen, even though I think if we become a great or a good program, you know, that, that, that would be something we, we, we should consider. But Well, they – They've they've been open about wanting to add a team from North Carolina. And I think they should absolutely have a team. But who, you're not gonna you're not gonna add one of those four schools, and so it really comes down to us and App. And you look at the track record. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, App, but you've only been a FBS school for what three years, four years now. So sorry, you hit the curb. But program wise, you can't deny the program. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking strictly football program wise, they're they're up there. They're up there for having an FCS, a great yeah, FCS they program. They are, but, I mean, they're also playing they're in the Sun Belt. Belt. Yeah. Like, Sun Belt is, like, one step above FCS. And if anybody is listening that's a Sun Belt fan, if you want to hop in my DMs and talk to me about it, do it. I dare you. No, I will say this. Moving from the Conference USA to the American was the greatest thing we ever did. Oh, yeah. Staying in the Conference USA was not something we, that, that we should, should have done. So, I'm, you know, I, I think the American really is the best conference yeah, and if you had to pick, Daniel, what what one what one conference would you like to see us go to if it's not the American? Um, I'm, I'm probably going to say the ACC too because I think there's going to be a big shift in the next few years, especially with all this financial stuff these teams are going through of regional regional scheduling and even in conference, you know, trying to stay as close to home as possible. Um, I, I don't know. If the if ECU could get into the ACC in the next few years, but um, I think that that could probably be the next the next closest thing, next closest conference they could end up in, and you know, five ten years. Okay, now let me ask. Uh, I saw this question asked on Twitter, not to us specifically, but I, I thought it was an interesting question. Um, that talking about conference realignment has kind of got me thinking about um this question as well. Thinking about okay. If you could get rid of one team in the American Athletic Conference and replace it with any other team, any other team. So say you want to get rid of Tulane, but you want to replace them with, I don't know, let's just say uh, Oral Roberts for, for just for shits and giggles. Like if you had to pick one team to get rid of and add another university in, it could be any university yeah, but it has to be like reasonable. Like you have to give a reasonable explanation as to why. And I mean, let we'll leave Alabama and Auburn and like those big like 
ones that aren't leaving the, their conferences. We'll leave them out. But if y'all had to, if y'all had to pick one, who would it be? Um, oh boy. Uh. <laughs> like for me, for me, I'm probably. I mean, I'm. I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off. I'm probably. Yeah. Get, I am probably getting rid of Tulane. Like nobody likes to. I mean, New Orleans is fun, but like nobody wants to go down there. They they don't really have much going for them. Every once in a while, they're decent in baseball but they don't really have anything else going for them. And then I'm adding – who am I adding? I'm adding – oh, man. Well, you know, isn't the uh, AAC already looking for a 12th team since UConn left? So, so yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so we'll just – we'll say scrap UConn. Who do you want to see join the American? Boise? Boise? BYU? I mean, that, I, I think that's got to be your top two. Is I, I wouldn't mind seeing well, them add three. Well, you said independent, right? Yeah. And, and I think they like being an independent. I don't, I don't, I don't see them wanting to join any conference. Um, well, the thing, the thing with BYU being an independent, they like their TV deal. They have their own TV right. deal with BYU TV, and then I, I think that's, uh, I, I think, I think that's what you, you'll see. Um, is they, they like their TV deal, but they would also like to take the money from ESPN that we've got. Um, but yeah, so I think as far as natural fit, though, I think Boise State would fit into the American flawlessly. To be honest with you, if I had to pick one, um, I, I think Boise would be would be a very very good. And then that gives us our West Coast team, you know. Yeah. So also wouldn't mind seeing like a San Diego State add them in at least in basketball. Yeah. But could you imagine having to go play San Diego State and just for a basketball game, playing ECU traveling all the way out to San Diego? That would be some shit. Um, that, that's just beyond being honest. And I think if we add a team, we've got to add them in all sports. We're not going to add a team just in one sport. The Americans already said that we're not going to do that. Um, so last question, we had another question from Petey. All right. Um, we won't answer all of these because I think we've had we've kind of talked about dark horses and we can talk about this as we get closer to the season. Dark horse players on both sides of the ball, um, but let's talk about upsets, okay? Upsets either for or against um, for ECU this year. So, PD asked, okay, if you're gonna who who are we most likely to upset and who are we most likely to be upset by? Um, I, I think the upset bias is probably the hardest question, um, hardest part of that question, because um, I don't know how many teams we're going to be a favorite against. Um, just looking at looking at what we're doing this season, um, Artie, do you have do you have any idea? Uh, a, a team that I can see that might upset us. Don't forget Georgia State. We're going to Atlanta. We're playing in what Old Turner Field. Never been there, never played on that. Chop on, baby. Right. Um, and, and, and I want to say Georgia State had a pretty decent – They were the only team to beat App State last year. Yeah, they, they, they were a pretty good team. So I, if there was going to be a team that I would say might upset us, if it, you know, quote, I, unquote, I could see that. in ECU standards, I, I would pick Georgia State. I, I could see that. Daniel, you got, you got any ideas? I'm going to go with a team that ECU could upset. Um, I think Navy um, – probably be the easiest conference conference team uh, just because I was looking um, Blake Harrell at Kennesaw State 
you know, they ran the triple option and, you know, he had to defend against that in practice. And, you know, he had, he was around that a lot. So uh, Navy's playing uh, ECU in Greenville this year. Uh, I think that could be a good candidate um, to upset Navy there. Yeah. I'm going to go with one that I think um, we could see ECU pull an upset that, 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 Can you hear us? Yeah, do y'all just have like a weird audio glitch? Did we go over? Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? But we're muted. Can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. I don't know why. It said our speakers were muted for some reason. I got like a weird audio glitch where you just kept saying the same word over and over again. It was weird. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, well, I thought we weren't going to have to do as much editing. Um, all right, so I'm going to start back. Um, all right, so I'm just going to start my... Okay. Ready? All right, so... I'm going to go ahead and start off. I'm going to say that, I mean, I think we're going to go in and have an upset. We're going to walk in to Williams-Brice Stadium down in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're going to punch the Gamecocks in the mouth, and we're going to come out with a W. Last time we were there, we should have won. We should have. We should have won. And, and this is our second game of the season. And we're coming off a bye week, too. Yeah, so, so. I, I think that there's an opportunity there. For us to for us to actually make some noise and get come in and maybe steal a win, um, so and they I mean they've got to play Coastal Carolina the week before, but they still like we'll have two weeks to prepare for that game, um, and I, I don't people say all the all the the travel and things like that well the travel is not that big of a difference there's only it's only like a two or three hour drive, and then also the fact that the fact that the weather, the weather doesn't change really from Greenville, North Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina. Maybe a little more humid, but not much, especially not in. Especially not in September when it's hot as shit. So I mean, I, I got to think that we're going to be ready to play that that South Carolina team, and hopefully we'll be coming off a big win against Marshall. Absolutely. An emotional win, an emotional game. Ride that for two weeks. Get pumped up for South Carolina. No, but I, I was, I'm just get pumped say, up. Get pumped up for South Carolina and go in and, and win that game. If there was one that I had to add, one one upset that I think we can pull off, and I think this is something that all Pirate Nation wants to see, it's that Thursday night game against those Knights from Orlando. 
I could see that. Um, UC, I, I, it's in the fifth Thursday night game in the fifth. I mean, that's just setting it up to be, you know. Wouldn't wouldn't that be wouldn't that be coming full circle? Playing UCF on a Thursday night mm-hmm. in the fic and upsetting them since that Thursday night game in the fic back in right. 2015, 2016. Was that the last time we played them in the fic? No, no. We played them two years ago in the fic. We okay. played them every year. So. Why well, did um, we play them every year? I just didn't. I was trying to remember when that Hail Mary game was. That was a long. That was 2015. Okay, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, no, 20, it was 2014 or 2015, I think. Either way, though, uh, UCF Thursday night in the FIC, I think that's that's one that we can actually actually win. Yeah. Okay, Daniel, do you think anything about um, who might upset us? Um, probably probably go with Georgia State, um, like y'all were mentioning there. Um, just you know. A non-conference game there on the road in Atlanta. Um, I don't think ECU has ever played Georgia State, have they? So I don't think so. Unfamiliarity there. So that that game will probably kind of be a toss-up in my mind, Um, just with the road environment and and all that. So um, I think that's that's probably the most likely to happen there. Yeah, I mean, I I could I could see that happening. Um, I I wouldn't be too surprised. a team that I could see probably pulling an upset. I'm gonna try to go someone uh, an upset. I'm gonna try to go someone off the off the wall. Um, it's kind of hard to go with anybody off the wall when you're looking at this at this schedule, other than Georgia State. Um, I mean, I think that I don't know if it would be really considered an upset, but a team that I would watch out for. They've kind of had our number over the last couple of years. Um, I'd probably say Tulsa. That's one of those games that is just like we've just for some reason had some problems with over the last couple of years. But um, that that's what I would that's what I would probably have to say. Um, so yeah, um, thanks for those Twitter questions, guys, and. Um, We're going to wrap this thing up. We've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes now. So we're going to wrap it up. Daniel, thank you for coming on. Uh, PirateAnalysis.com. Absolutely. Definitely go check that website out. Make sure y'all are checking it out. Daniel, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so, Guy. I'm just excited for uh, sports to get back in in football season here. Um, Been been a while since we've seen any live college athletics. So uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, Great time. I appreciate it. Um, appreciate everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Already. Final thoughts. Oh man. Final thoughts. I, I'm just going to reiterate, you know, what, what, what Danny just said. I, I'm really excited just to get back to sports. You know, we're getting we're getting close to it. You know, it's June. Everybody's starting to come back. Things are starting to reopen. Um, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we're like 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 we said earlier, we're not doctors, we're not scientists. We don't know what's really going on as far as the cases. I just know the death toll isn't really rising. Um, but just excited to get back to sports, excited to talk about some live action sports. I mean, we've been dragging these episodes out. Uh, we've, we've been doing good with these episodes, uh, but I'm, I'm ready to talk about some real live action. Uh, that's what I told, sports. that's what I told Savannah last, or the other day. I was like, like, I have fun recording the podcast, right? but it would be a lot more fun when I have something real to talk Actual about. to talk about. Um, so my final thought guys, I would say.
first I want to say happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, all you pirate dads. Happy Father's Day. Shout out to y'all. Um, I think that's – hey, we talked about it. Thank you for uh, bringing us into the world to be pirates and be uh, be rowdy um, people. So shout out to y'all. I had a great lunch with my dad today. I'm going to go out with my stepdad later on this week. Um, so that's first things first. Um, second, just wanted to say uh, let's – yeah, I'm, like y'all, I'm ready for I'm ready for sports, man. I've watched it. I've been watching golf, been getting into it. I mean, Artie, you and I, we talk about we play golf every once in a while. We play golf every other week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to actually watch it because there's nothing else on. Nothing else on. So, yeah. hey, my boy Harold Varner didn't make the cut this week. It's going to be all right. We're going to come back. I think next week's the Travelers. Um, going to play well in that. Uh, other than that, we're going we're gonna to go on uh, Bryson DeChambeau. My big boy's out there. I'm a big boy, too. So uh, shout out to you, Bryson. Um, then also, thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Had a blast. I think this was a fun a fun uh, episode. Mm-hmm. I hope all of you liked it. So make sure to follow us on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us at Boneyard Podcast. Or you can uh, also subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Anchor, Breaker, we got all, we're on all of them. I, I can't overcast. Uh, we're on we're on a lot of them, guys. The only two we're not on right now. We're not on SoundCloud. We're not on Stitcher. We're still working on those. I promise they're coming. Sorry, we that's really hard to work with those guys. But um, yeah, make sure you're following us. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Maybe we'll read it out. If you leave us a funny one, we'll read it out on the podcast. Um, so leave us a review. And uh, I said that we would have the website up. The website is done, people. I promise you. We already not just have to work out some final kinks. We're gonna have that thing up and live by the end of this week. But it is done. It's finished. Finito. We're ready to go. You'll be able to see our blogs. You'll be able to listen to our podcast there. And uh, once we get this URL sorted out, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Okay. So, um, anybody else got anything else? All right. Good.